Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. I am 10. Is, is, it's interesting. It's, it's, we're going to have a, a fun time leading to December. Um, we, have, we have the honor, and it's, it's sometimes you just sit back and you're awestruck because it's just tremendous to see that God's been faithful for so many years. And um, we get to celebrate that. You know, we get to celebrate the faithfulness of God for so many years. And, and what we're doing is we're, we're doing something big, and, and, and we're doing it for you guys. It's for us to enjoy and because if you've been here all 10 years, 9 years, 9 days, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's about you guys and it's about your birthday that you're celebrating with us. How many of you can say amen? And at the end of the service, we're going to be selling out raffle tickets. We're, we're giving away a, um, an, uh, an Apple watch and we're using it as a fundraiser to help us put up some of the funds for all the stuff that we're doing. So we, we encourage you to, to get a packet and sell them, sell the um, the tickets also, we're going to be selling the tickets for, um, uh, for our gala. They're going to be set up in the back. Make sure you get your ticket because it's going to fill up fast. And um, we want you to go. We want you all your friends to go. And you want, we want to invite your families. It's going to be nice. It's a black and white attire. And um, we're going to be dressed really nice. We're going to have some special stuff going on um, at that. It's a gala. And it's, 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 a, it's at a nice venue. Um, and, and we're just going to, we're going to go. I mean, we're going to do it big. We're going all out. On December 1st, so I encourage you not to miss that on your seats. <coughs> on your seats, you also got these cards, and, and we invite you. It's, it's, it's a beautiful card inviting you and inviting everyone you know to our, our, our 10 year celebration. So pick these up, pick these up from your seats, don't leave them. And, and it's basically celebrating 10 years with the address. And, and these are beautiful cards. I'm gonna keep one, one of these forever as a memory. Look how beautiful these things are. How many of you all can say they're beautiful, huh? I think they are. I think they are. And if you think they're not, you need to do something with yourself. You know that? What's wrong with y'all? This is nice stuff, man, we're doing here. I mean, I would be grateful to be part of a church that puts a lot of effort and work and cares, cares about each other, man. At least we're not telling you we're going to go eat McDonald's right after service and celebrate 10 years. We're having a gala. We're having a DJ. We're having a party. We're having food. We're having, we're having a documentary. Did you guys know? That we are filming a documentary about this church? Now get yourself together. Get a little excited, huh? Shake someone next to you and say, hey, you belong to a pretty amazing church. You know that? Some pretty amazing people in that place. What's wrong with you? Look at that person next to you and say, how dare you complain to me during the week about this church? This church is good. This is fun. I don't remember when was the last time we had a worship service that went an hour in my life and we let the Holy Spirit move the way he did. How dare you talk bad about this place. Look at that person next to you say, you got a good church. You got a good family. Come on, are you with me or not? I'll keep preaching it. I'll keep going. I'll forget the message. Yeah. Hey, open up your book. Did I, did I um, announce everything that I needed to announce? Oh, the photo shoot. If you guys notice, check this out. We have some nice profile pictures. And what we're doing with these things is, look at Pharaoh. And um, what we're doing. 
What we're doing? Sorry, man. Oh man, I'm sorry, brother. All right, what we're doing with these things is after service, we want you to take this picture. And I said it at, at the 9:30 huddle. I said, you know what's cra- cool about this? You don't have to put on makeup. You don't got to do your hair and all that good stuff because it's your profile picture. You're gonna come out great. This is gonna be the best picture you ever come out in. Get yourself together. And um, we want to take a picture of you because we're going to give it to you, the picture, so that way you can use it on social media and you can invite everyone to our 10-week celebration and to our gala. So it's your own private, or no, your own personal invitation with your picture stamped on it. You know, this is just in case some of you come to church and you don't feel special. Today we want you to know that you're special and your face is going to go on an invitation. Get yourself together. That's going to be my message today. Get yourself together. How many, how many of us are having a good time at church? You know, I, I, the, the fight is over last night, so we could go long today. Like, we could be here till 2 and just have a... I mean, just, just celebrate. Just celebrate. Let's just celebrate. Hey, open up to the first page there. No, right here, just open it up, first page. And... Um, I want to read a little bit about this, and this is exciting. Let's read it. Follow along with me. My teaching days. Class. You hear me clap once. (laughs) Here we go. It started at a Starbucks, and and yeah, now we're here. Let's get into this. In 2007, two individuals planted a small seed. We started as a small Bible study at a Starbucks on Miami Lakes Drive, rapidly grew into something more. The desire for an intimate setting led the group to move the gathering to a home. And God placed each piece of the puzzle together, and and, and there were about four homes, actually, that we went into. It was about four homes. And God placed each piece of the puzzle together, and on December 2nd, 2007, New Life Church held its first official backyard service. Shortly after, our nest expanded and moved into our current location. Over the last decade, our deep divine fellowship rocked the community highly of Miami Lakes, and some things have changed. But we stay true to a hype that is everlasting, our faith, which is Jesus Christ. Come on. This year, we celebrate 10 years. You see, you see I've been in ministry long enough to know that's a miracle. I know a lot of pastors to know that 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 right there is a blessing. Ten years, believe it or not, is a lot. Not many people get to last ten years. Not many churches get to last ten years. You you guys understand what I'm saying? This is something to celebrate. We celebrate ten years. We've seen much fruit of the seed that was planted long ago. Many have come along to water and the Lord has honored our diligence with growth. But no matter how big or small, each and every one of you, you, I'm talking to you, I don't care if it's your first day here and you today has said, this is my home. I'm talking to you too if this is your home. You and all you've contributed, that you've contributed to something remarkable. So happy birthday to you. And may the Lord continue to bless our nest for many years to come. How many of you could say amen? Man, what an honor. What an honor. What an honor. What an honor. Check this out, y'all. Look at the screen. On the screen right here, it, this is, yeah, yeah, let's just leave it there. This is the Starbucks on Miami Lakes. I mean, I mean, it was a beautiful picture. We have amazing brothers that create all these things and take these pictures. I mean, we could give a hand to every single person that serves. Today I saw Yadi when I walked in. 
Where's Yadi? Yadi, come over here. I'm going to show you off because you know what? I feel like a, I feel like a dad. I feel like, you know, when, you know when a father, like I'm always boasting about Jackson and Jade, but I, I want to boast about Yadi too because I feel like a father. I, I, feel like a, I feel like a father. I feel like a father like with her daughter, you know what I mean? Like just, I just want to boast in my daughter kind of thing, you know? And um, you don't know the honor it is to see her be the first one here, the last one to go. You know the honor it is to see her do what, what men are scared to do. She gets her hands all dirty. And you, you know those rocks that you spit on when you go to that bathroom back there? And you wash your dirty, ha- and you wash, you wash your dirty hands when you, um, well, you know, when you do your deeds. She mixes those rocks up and cleans them so on Sundays they could be clean. And your toilet can be clean. And the garbage bag can be clean. Sometimes... Sometimes, you know, I want to say something because sometimes we honor the preacher, but there is no preacher if there is no Yadi. You know? And and we have special people like this. We have special people like this at our nest. I mean, from Lou and designing these things, from Angel. I mean, and and, and all the pictures and, and the creativity that he's doing with the... Uh, with the pictures and all that angel. And, I mean, we could go down the list and, and talk about every single one of you, but we're grateful. I'm grateful for a little, like, like, like a father and his sons. Like, man, I want to show him off, show them off, and I want to show her off. We belong to a good church, and if it's just because of them, if it's just because of her, then I belong to the greatest church just because of that. I'm, I'm great. We're grateful for you, Yadi. We're grateful for you. We're grateful for you guys. God, God's been putting her in my heart. I told her when I walked in, I hugged her, and I said, man, I don't know what it is about you. And I gave her a hug. I said, God just put you in my, in my heart for the last three days. And um, I don't know, maybe it was just for that, just to talk about her today a little bit. But whatever. Um, I want to share from my heart today something as we continue to go through the pictures. So, 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 so we have the Starbucks and where we started at. And what you're seeing right here is our very, very, very first Sunday service. I mean, go back to that one. Go back to that one. Look at my wife right there. You see her? See her right there? Look at that. Look at this girl right here. You see her? Man. You know what's crazy? I broke every kind of church plant rule. You see that girl sitting in the front seat? All you men, you better just take your eyes off that real quick because that's my wife. But, but, but let me tell you what happened there. I, we started a church plant, and she wasn't even my wife yet. She was my fiance. And pastors were like, are you crazy? you got to be married to start a church. What in the world? Paul was an apostle of churches and of people, and my man didn't even have a wife. What are you talking about? Whatever, but let's get into this. But I love to see Allie there and Tito there. And I mean, look, at, is that Eli back there? Eli. Eli looks good. Eli, you're like wine, brother. You're getting better as you get older, my man. <laughs> you're definitely getting old. You look good now, man. You look, you, look, you look good there, but you look great right now, man. But this is our church. That's how we started. Humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. If you really look up, if you look up, there is a tarp there because we were baking. So we put a tarp up in the top so that the sun, that's just, a, uh, that's just an umbrella that I preached under. But there's a tarp over that. Kevin, remember that? Kevin and Allie starting up the group in a Starbucks. We're grateful for Kevin and Allie. Give them a hand. If, if it wasn't for their faithfulness, I mean, none of this would have happened. I mean. So, so, so look at this. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I should have brought that Bible. I still have that Bible. But, but this is amazing because on this day I preached the message that I want to preach to you today. That right here, what I'm reading and what I'm saying, I want to just repeat it one more time to you today. And you're going to see that as we, as we 
as we share this message today, you're going to see that nothing much has changed. It's still the heart of what this church is. It's the word that, that started off our church, and it was the word that I wanted it to be, the, the, the monumental word for our church as a church plant. And, and I believe 10 years down the road, it's still what we stand on, this word. And, and, and I can't think of anything else but to say, yeah, we are going to continue to be a house that God dwells in. Christ will be our chief cornerstone in this house. How many of you can say amen? And, 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 and that was, that's a blessing, um, those pictures and the Starbucks you saw. That's the Starbucks at Miami Lakes we started at. That is the actual backyard service that we started at. That backyard was in Miami Gardens. And we went, we went from Miami Lakes, Kevin's mom's house, to Miami Gardens, from Miami Gardens to Miramar, and uh, from Miramar, we came here. I'm probably missing a house or not, but, but something like that. We hit it. But, but what a beautiful thing to be part of and, and, and to still be around some of the same people. And, and I love that because I believe because they stuck around with me and because I've stuck around with them, we're making each other better today in our older years. So, you know what? So thank you, Ali, for sticking with me. And thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Tito. And, and, and you're welcome for allowing me to stick with you. And, and then thank you, Claudia, for sticking with me. And, and, um, and, and, and you're welcome for, for me sticking with you. And, and every single one that was here from the beginning, my father, thank you. Everyone that was here, my wife, but she has no choice. But <laughs> thank you, Eli. Every single person that was here from the beginning. There's many that didn't stick with us. But thank you guys for sticking with us. Because you guys are what it's about. Amen. And, and it's about us together doing the work of the Lord. And I don't know. I just feel that today. I feel good today. I hope you feel good today. Hey, take out your booklet, part one, sermon title. Write this down. A house that God dwells in. A house that God dwells in. How many of you are excited that summer is over? I am because I get all of you back here on Sunday. No more vacations for a while. You guys don't like that? Come on, I need you to be here at church. I love you and I miss you guys when you're not here for a while. Stop sleeping in. It's church time again. Amen? Amen. You're not convinced yet. All right. All right. A house that God dwells in is my message that I preached on December 2nd, 2007. As we are in week one of our 10-week series, I am 10, I've... I'm going to preach, I felt fitting to preach the first message ever from year number one. And next week will be week two and we'll share a message from year number two. And, and we'll share some stories that happened within that first year and um, some stuff like that. And, and you'll hear some testimonies in between in these ten weeks. And, and um, it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey and it will continue to be an amazing journey. Because God is still building us up. How many of you can say Amen. And uh, I'm still not in his glory, you're still not in his glory, so we're still here doing life together and growing in Christ. Amen? And, and as you look at this title, this topic, this, this theme that I want to talk to you about today, I truly believe this, that as individuals, we, we are a house, and, and, and we're a house that God should be dwelling in. The Spirit of God should be dwelling in each and every single one of us. Just think about, I want you to, as I share this message, to think about what it looked like on that backyard service. And what an amazing message to start off our church. And when we look at this, that when we would come together and come together like this, what, what people would say, this is corporately, us coming together, whatever word, I, 
I think I'm becoming a more and more a, a non-fan of that word. Just when we're coming together, forget corporately, when we're coming together as family. How many of you can say amen? We make what is called the church. We, this is the church. And we call ourselves what we say as the house of God. And we're it. We're the house of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 22, we see that, that we are built, it says. We are built on the, on the foundation of the apostles and of the prophets. Like, I think that's pretty amazing that if we're going to be built on anything, it's on the teachings of the apostles and of the prophets. And because what they taught was the words of God. Amen? Amen. That, the, that the foundation of our house is Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus Christ himself, as Ephesians puts it, being the chief cornerstone. He is it. Like, what do you mean? The chief cornerstone that everything else is built on. You know, when we first, I'm going to just be very transparent. I could care less if I get in trouble. But when we first started this church, someone looked at me and some other brothers in this church and started to say that we were going to be the success of this church. And you were going to be the engine that runs this church. And this person tried to tell us, like, what we, and we all looked at that person. And we said, are you kidding me? The one that's going to make this church successful, the one, the engine that's going to run this church is Jesus Christ, Tim. Remember that, brother? <laughs> Kevin's nodding his head. He was in that meeting with. Hopefully that guy listens to this podcast and sees that we're still here 10 years later. Jesus is the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone of our lives. And, and I said this that day, of our new ministry. And so I'm going to change that today, of our continued ministry, which we call new life. And that's a beautiful thing. Everyone say new life. It's a beautiful thing, 10 years of new life. But God has stirred the leadership, stirred my heart as your pastor, starting January. We're making an amazing, amazing, amazing change here. And, and we're going to be following our code and, and feel what God is calling us to do. And, and new life will always mean something to us. But starting January, we're going to be called Nest Church. How many of you could praise God? Yeah. That was awkward. Nest Church, because we believe and we leave the nest. And, and what happens in here, we take it out as well. And we don't just hoard stuff in here. And there's a lot... When you think about nest and, and, but you know what? I'll save that preaching for January. Amen? Amen. But, 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 but it's been good to us. And it, when you look at Ephesians and Christ, the chief cornerstone, us building this church, it shows that, that together, together we are a whole. We, we are a building that is being, Scripture says, being fitted together in the Lord and that is growing into a holy temple. It's, it, today's going to be just the first message ever, simple, straight to the point, and, 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 and just biblical. We're being built together that God, it would be God's building for himself, a dwelling place for God himself, that we are the house that God dwells in. I, I love what Paul says. I'm going to read two verses from, from 1 Corinthians. And I want to start off in verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul says this. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that, that, that the spirit of God dwells in you? You see, sometimes we take that lightly, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we look at this and like, like, like just Paul, like this is crazy. Like the spirit of the Lord dwells in you. Like, like I'm not talking like you're having a child in you or none of that. Like that's, that's already amazing because that's a miracle in itself when a child is, is, is in you. You know, God is forming and, and making that wonderfully and fearfully. But, but, but just I really want you to think about these words. The spirit of the Lord lives in you. That's, that's amazing. That... that that God would see fitting that in this man, 
he wants to call home. Have you ever been to someone's house and you just don't feel home there? You ever, you ever visit another church and you just don't feel comfortable there? Oh, good, amen. <laughs> no, but seriously. You, you, all right, let's go on. But you've ever been to someone's house and you're just like, ah, oh, I just, I don't, I don't feel it here. But then you go to someone else's house and you automatically just take off your shoes, you feel comfortable, it's just, and you look at that person and you're like, wow, I just feel cozy here. I, was like, I feel like home is, is here. Like, Jesus did that with us. He came into our house and he found it cozy. And he said, this is going to be home. I don't, I don't know if, maybe you just have to let, let that sit in you for a while because that's, that's pretty powerful that the spirit of God dwells in us and that we're his temple, that we're his dwelling place. That in our lives, in our lives, God, God, God saw at some point to say, no, from now on, you're my building, you're my temple, and I will dwell in you. I started thinking about that, and, and I, remember, I remember preaching this um, years ago, and, 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 I, and I remembered as I was revisiting this message that if someone, if I were to get a phone call and someone of high stature, someone with power, you know, high respect, might, whatever, someone who's known internationally, uh, maybe a, a presidential, someone who is royal, famous, wealthy, whatever it is, and, and I find out that they want to come to my house to stay. Can, can you imagine the feeling behind that? Like, think about the preparation, think about the craziness, think about the fights of me and my wife, and, and um, but just think about that for a moment. They're coming, the royalty's coming, president's coming, and, and, and some of you, however you feel about that, but you know what I mean, whatever. Just, just They're coming, and, and someone of high stature is coming. And, and, and I think about that, and I'm like, I can't think of anything of greater, greater honor, anyone of, of greater royalty, anyone of greater fame than Jesus. And, and, and he comes to my heart, my life. I mean, if that were us and that were to happen in the physical, we'd be amazed. We'd be shocked that that's happening. But to recognize that as a church, the 10 years ago as we were starting and yet today as we continue, that God looks upon us and he says, you. You know, it's beautiful when, when, when you read scripture and the Lord calls people by name. It's a beautiful moment in scripture when he calls people by name. I always try to tell leaders, like, try to memorize people's name. Try to call someone by the name because there's something special when you call someone by name. It's almost like recognition is there, right? When you, when you say, hey, you, but then when you say, hey, Yendi, that, like, there's, a, there's something different when the name is mentioned. And yet Christ called our name. And, and he gave us this invitation, right? I want to stay in your house and make your heart Make your life, your soul, my dwelling place, a place where my spirit may dwell in. What an honor that is. And all I could say is, man, I'm humbled and I thank you, Lord, for choosing me. But what an honor it is that 10 years ago and yet 10 years later, thank you, Lord, for choosing us that together we'd be a house that you dwell in. That's powerful, man. It's amazing. Been to churches where, where I visited or I've guest preached at. And I'm like, what happened? Where's the presence of God? Where's, where's the reverence of God? It's a sad thing. But what you just experienced in worship was a full display that this church is fully reverent to the Spirit of God. Can you give us some praise for that? For so many years, I've, I've seen us or people, better to say, 
they keep their physical house of God, the physical house of God clean. And, but yet, many times we see that the spiritual house is unclean and it's polluted. It's almost like saying, who cares how good we serve when deep inside we're, we're deeply polluted. We'd rather you get cleaned up and, and fixed than rather you come and serve well. But we do believe that in your service, God can do a miracle and transform the pollution inside of you. Amen? That he cares more. He cares more. I, I want you to recognize this. He, he cares more about you. He cares more about you than a building that we call church. And, and you are the church. And, and, and because of that, I'm to keep this clean. I can't mess around with this stuff. I'm the house of God. He cares for you. And so many churches doing so many things to start up their ministry. But I feel if we're going to start up the ministry or continue in the ministry, we're going to say, well, we're called to be holy. We're called to be pure. We're called to be set apart. And if he chooses to dwell in this house, I need to self-evaluate and make sure the house is clean. Because I have a permanent, a permanent person that dwells in there. And his name is, is Christ our Lord. Amen? In the same passage in, in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 17, he continues to say this. So, so he goes on and he says, do you not know that you're the temple of God, that the spirit of God dwells in you? But look what he says in verse 17. He says, if anyone, can you say that? Anyone. anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone defiles the temple of God. This is the New Testament, okay? We're really, really not talking about the temple of Solomon. We're really not talking about Herod's temple. We're not talking about those temples at all. You'll see what temple we're talking about here. If anyone defiles the temple of God... God will, this is pretty extreme, God will destroy him. But, but it's scripture, amen? It's in the Bible. And for the temple of God is, there it is, there it is, there it is. For the temple of God is holy. Let's just, let's just define that word. For the temple of God is what? Holy. Set apart. For the temple of God is set apart. Set apart. Come on, catch the analogy here. Catch what God did 10 years ago. Catch what God is doing today. So, so I grab two men, and I'll just grab the two men there in the front, and, and one, is, one, is, one is in this world, and, 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 and one is in Christ, and, 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 and I don't know, they're both wearing dark colors, so I can't say, you know, one represents darkness and the other one represents light, whatever. And, and one represents darkness and the other one represents light. There, there's gotta, we got to get to a place, we got to get to a place that what separates these two temples? You, you get me? Man, maybe I should bring someone else up here because this beard is beautiful. Because someone else might come up here. <laughs> and, 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 he, and my man needs to have church. He needs to have church. He, he needs to have church. How many of you just need to have church sometimes? It's Tuesday. It's 8 o'clock at night. You're just feeling it. You're feeling some sort of way. And you just need to have church. Your, your beard is nice too. But you're feeling some sort of way. And you're like, I, I just wish I could have church. Too bad, too bad church is closed on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Well, who in the world told you the church is closed on Tuesday night at 8 p.m.? Because he's feeling some way on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. I've never held Mike's hand this long in my life. <laughs> but let me tell you how I do things. My leaders know this. I'm working in him. 
I'm working him. I'm breaking him down right now. <laughs> he is. He just said he is. You only knew how much he's sweating. Oh, God, the Holy Spirit is in here. So, so Mike, I'll give him a break. But Mike at, 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 what time was it? At 8 p.m. on Tuesday needs church. But this place is closed at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday. But, but it doesn't stop him from having church. So he comes over here and, and he's looking for a temple. Come on, man. This is what I want you to get. He's looking for a temple that God dwells in. He's looking for a place to have church. You know what the problem is? Y'all better be careful. Be careful what you put in your temple and how you keep your temple and how you maintain your temple because the day that someone comes to have church with you, you better be very careful with your words, with your life, with your actions and everything about you because you're going to be responsible before the throne of God the way, the way, the way, the way you pollute that person, the way, the way you defile that person. So, so, when, so when my man comes up to someone and, and he comes to, church is closed on Tuesday at 8 p.m. I, I know it is, brother, but it doesn't stop us from praying tonight. It doesn't stop us from reading the word tonight. It doesn't stop us from fellowshipping tonight. It doesn't stop us from getting into the presence of God tonight. Because you don't need a physical house to have the presence of God. Sometimes all you need is to get around the right temple. And sometimes just getting around the right temple is good enough for you on a Tuesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Come on, someone. We're the church. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're the church. We're, we're the church. And we got to maintain this thing. Because my brother needs it. My brother needs it. And I can't defile the temple of God. For, for it is holy. So I love what Paul said. Guys, if you think this is about you, I preached this 10 years ago. It's week one. You came to the right Sunday. I didn't, invest, I didn't investigate your life. This is literally a message I preached 10 years ago. Watch this. Watch this. Look what Paul says next after giving that whole description. Which temple are you? Look at the mirror. What do you see? Who are you? Paul's like, I'm not talking about a physical house. I'm talking about you. Which temple are you? Which temple are you? One that is defiled or one that is clean? One that is defiled or one that is set apart and holy. The word defiles in the Greek, I wouldn't even try to pronounce it. I've, I've stopped doing that if you notice about a year and a half ago. Because I started to listen to a lot of scholars and, and read their books, so I wanted to be like them. But then God convicted me and said, stop trying to preach like other people. <laughs> and just be yourself. So I would come up here and I will say, the Greek word is phthereal. And then pastors much more knowledgeable than me would come and say, hey, you know, you, you said the Greek wrong. And I said, no, I, I tried my best. So the Greek word for defiles without me pronouncing it is this. It's when anyone defiled or, or in the slightest degree damaged anything that is in it, meaning the temple. It, the, its guardians neglected their duties. Oh, man. To lead away, in, in one of the Greek definitions, to lead away a, a church from the state of knowledge and holiness in which it ought to abide in and stay in. That as a house that God dwells in, we have a great responsibility that as the guardians of our temple, we cannot neglect our duties. As servants of this, and 10 years ago I said, as servants of this new ministry, well, as servants of this continual family, we cannot do this. We cannot do this. That we are to carry, isn't this a great message to plan a church? 
That we are to carry out the name of Jesus and be a ministry that never neglects our duty to represent Jesus Christ correctly. Amen. Should have written that down. Carry the name of Jesus. Never neglect your duty to represent him correctly. That individually and as a whole, we are to never lead away from the state of knowledge and holiness in which we ought to abide in. It is our responsibility. This is our responsibility that we will serve the Lord here 10 years ago, 10 years later, and for 10 years in the future. We will serve the Lord here and we will not neglect the spirit of the living God. As the temple of God that we should have no agreement with idols, Amen. with false gods. And, 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 and we're not going to, we're going to, 2 Corinthians 6.16. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, and whatever agreement has the temple of God with idols. What, what kind of agreement does the? The temple of God have with idols. For, for you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. This is not talking about Israel anymore. This is 2 Corinthians, Paul talking to the church, even the Gentile church like us. God is saying, I will dwell with you, walk among you, be your God and you shall be my people. Which temple are you? A house that God dwells in or a house that is defiled? The word dwell means to dwell in one and influence them. Man, if you're, if you're around people and you're not influencing them for good, let's keep going. The Lord is, is really... Is really I'll just say how I wrote it. Ready? The Lord dwells in us. But because he dwells in us, it doesn't mean that we just live a certain way. But because he dwells in us, there's a focus now that's different in us. There's an aim. There's a view. There's a... There's this thing about us. There's this direction in us that we are now to stay focused. And, And because he lives in us, I must never cease from dwelling in him. Now you know why I struggle because there's so much I want to say, but, but stay focused, church. Ten years ago, stay focused, right? We're going to start this thing. <laughs> we got a couple people in the backyard. Let's put that picture up again. Put that picture up again. We'll put it up in a couple seconds. And stay focused. Look at that. Look at how many people are there. Stay focused. Just look at that picture. Now we're going to be a place where the Lord dwells in. So baby, stay focused and and there's some people in this picture that didn't, but, but man, there's, there's some that did. And stay focused. And I see Kevin's head over here. <laughs> stay focused. If the Lord lives in you, stay focused. Because as we start this ministry, as we, as we go on to whatever the Lord has for us, you can almost see them staring at me. What are you saying? Well, stay focused. And don't ever cease from dwelling in him. And I told that to this group in this backyard, and nothing's changed 10 years later. It's the same message today. Stay focused. If the Lord is in you, then don't do things and 
Don't cause things that will cause you to stop dwelling in his presence. I feel like we walk away more from God's presence than God's presence really walks away from us. I think we like to blame God and say, you walked away from me. No, he didn't. You walked away from him. Psalm 23, 6 says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 27, 4, the psalmist says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. To dwell in the house of the Lord. They knew that it was to dwell in the presence of the Lord, that there is nothing greater than to dwell in that, in the presence of God. Why do I need my brother who's another temple? Because together sometimes I just need what God is working in you to shower, to help me in what God is working in me. I need to get around some other temples because sometimes I need something from someone. need someone from someone. To dwell in the house of the Lord, and I'm, and I'm going to do that. I mean, John 15, I feel like I don't even have to go into this because I feel like most of us might know this. But just in case, John 15, he goes into this. And in verse 4, he says, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. And I, Jesus says this, and I will abide in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit for itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Man, that, that's the truth. You want to you wanna receive fruitfulness because of your faithfulness? It'll never happen. Fruit happens in the faithfulness, in abiding. If the faithfulness of abiding is not active, then the fruit, then the fruit is just fruit of talent and gifting, but it's not fruit of anointing and presence. I don't want fruit that's from gifting and talent. Many people are doing that already in the church. I want a fruit that is marked with the anointing of God. Grace of God's touch on it. How many of you want that fruit? Abide in the vine. Branches are never to be separated. Dwell, abide in it. Doing so, it's going to bear much fruit. So don't get so caught up in, do you get Jesus' words? Don't get so caught up in the fruit, because that's what we do when we preach this message. Get more caught up in the abiding. And then that stuff happens. But what Jesus is really aiming at is the abiding part, not the fruitful part. That fruit stuff comes, but it starts with the faithfulness of abiding. And the minute that we separate ourselves from the vine, that's when our fruits stop producing. Pastor Leo said it great three weeks ago. He's concerned with your faithfulness, not your fruitfulness. Because your faithfulness will automatically produce fruit. So because we stop being faithful in presence and in abiding, then fruits are no longer produced. We can't produce in ourselves. I'm telling you, it's 10 years ago, and I'm telling you today, group in the backyard service for the first time ever in Miami Gardens. I'm telling you right now. Here it is. We can't produce in ourselves. We could only produce in Jesus. Do you guys get that? Do you, do you, do you guys get that? Hey, I don't know. I felt like just doing this. Look around. It's so cool to see this compared to that, huh? I see fruit here. But the reason why I see fruit here is because I believe that this church has never left from abiding from the vine. A dying ministry is a Christless ministry. 
You know what a Christless ministry is? It's just a positive feel with the stamp of church on it. It's just a positive Sunday with the stamp of church on it. We are not a positive gathering. We are a gathering of truth and presence. A Christless ministry is a dying ministry. Verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. People, a church, a ministry that abides and dwells in Jesus are a people that Jesus abides, dwells in them. He, he rejoices in that. Dwelling and abiding, being in the will of God. That's what it's all about. Serving in that faithfulness. In 1 John 2.17, he goes on and he says this, echoing everything that he's saying. But he who does the will of God abides, abides, abides forever. He who does the will of God he who serves the will of God, he who serves the will of God abides forever. Man, all I could pray is, Lord, let us be a house that you dwell in. A house that does your will so that you could abide forever. Abide, abide to continue to be, to not to perish, to endure, to last. Lord, that you would be with us. And that's what we were to do 10 years ago. And that's what we're going to do for the next 10 years. We're going to last. We're going to endure. We're going to continue. And you might ask, well, why and how will you do it? Because Jesus will continue to abide in us as we abide in him. Give God some praise. Worship team. It was a short message on this day because it was very hot. Very hot. And it was our first service. We didn't know how it was going to go, so I knew I had to preach something short 10 years ago. So I'm ending. And I want to end with 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 5, 6, and 7. Let me give you a little summary for the sake of time because the Holy Spirit made himself at home today. In 1 Samuel 4, 5, 5 6, and 7, chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7, throughout these chapters... Uh, that we find ourselves in these verses, the Lord is dealing with Israel in this Old Testament because of their sin. How many of you have God's dealt with you because of your sin? <laughs> Definitely me. And he was doing the same thing with Israel. How many of you God still deals with you because of your sin? All right, good, good. Temples, we've got something in common. Come on. Get yourself together. And one of the reasons why the Lord was dealing with them was that the priest, listen to this, the priest. How many of you know now in the New Testament, Second Peter says that we now are the royal priesthood? So when I say priest in the Old Testament, I, I want you to like erase that and put a stick figure and put me. I'm talking about you, the priest. Because the priest, they, they were not taking care of the house of the Lord in this, in this passage, in this chapter. They were not taking care of it correctly. They were defeated. And they, they were defeated a couple times, especially by the Philistines. And in one occasion, the ark of God was captured and was taken away from the Israelites. Are you with me? I'm ending. I promise you I'm ending. I'm not like doing the pastor thing that I'm going to say I'm ending five times. I'm really ending. And the ark of God was taken. Now the ark, as we've learned here and we've taught here, is very significant to the Israelites. Because it's where the presence of God would dwell. It was there in what was called the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle of Moses when it was constructed. There is where the, the presence of God 
would dwell and make himself at home. But I want to focus on one point, and that is when the children of Israel had the ark with them after one of their losses with the Philistines, after one of their defeats or victories, however I'm saying it wrong and right, you get it? But I want you to look at verses 5, 6, and 7 with me. And this is the perfect place to just wrap it all up. It says, And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted as so loudly that the earth shook. Can you Can you I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this little neighborhood right here shook this morning in worship. How many of you felt that? I felt that. Let me explain to you what I think scripture really means here. How many of you felt, where's Debbie? She's doing business. Okay, there she is. I'm wondering if it, in Debbie's life what God was doing there with her today in the presence. I'm wondering if what the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, right? The presence of God was doing in her life today in worship. The Bible says it shook the whole earth. I'm wondering if it shook the whole earth that she's part of. You guys understand what I mean? Because it says that they shouted so loud. I, heard, I saw her shouting up here. She shouted so loud that I'm wondering if all kinds of stuff in her world were ah, just shooken today. Or we're just shook today, whichever the right word is. You guys see what I mean by that? Because one time Paul, and, and they, you know, when, when, or Peter when he was in jail one time, he began to shout and sing songs and cry out to God. And his whole world shook and there was freedom. His whole world shook. His own personal world shook. It says now, verse 6, when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, like some of the Philistines in her life, whatever those Philistines are described as in her life, when they heard this shout that just happened up here in the altar in her life, you know what some of the enemies in her life, some of the problems in her life just said? Let's look at the verse, ready? What does this sound of great shout in the camp of new life mean? Come on, I want you to receive this stuff for yourself. I want you to receive this for yourself. And then they understood. I, I need a shout. I love Tito. What led you today in worship to do something you've never done today? I was a little... He knows what. Don't preach it because then you're going to go off. But. <laughs> but Tito was up here and he just started going, I feel like shouting. Did you see him? No. I mean, like a rock star. Like a rock star. Like a rock star. But it was deeper than that. It was deeper than that. I don't think he did it anything that dealt with any kind of presentation of of music that he wanted to present to you, I, I think it was everything that, happened, that was going on deeper in him. That the Spirit was saying, shout. Give, give me a deep yell from the inside. When I, when I heard him do that, I was right here, and Adrian Charlene were next to me, and I felt it too. I felt like it leaped on me. And he's like, your turn. And I just followed his lead. I was like, yeah, like a madman. I'm wondering if there was some guest here today that said, these guys have lost their mind. <laughs> well, we have. But what happened there, I, I think I know what happened with Tito, and then it leaped on me, and it happened to a couple of you guys. I saw that. 
Definitely happened to Debbie up here and a few others up here. But I think we get it here. It says, then they understood that the ark of the Lord, let's just say what that means. Then they understood that the presence of God had come into the camp. So you know what happens? You know what happened from that inner shout? You know, I told the group on Wednesday, I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to almost speak to you like, like I'm going to father you for a moment. Like, we got to stop coming to worship. We got to, we got to stop coming to worship and we got to stop staying silent. Like, we got to stop being that church. Got to. Because I believe that there's something happens. There's, there's, there, there's a deeper breakthrough. There's, there, there's greater in a, in a deeper place of worship in you and for you. And I think that's what you saw today. You saw evidence of that. Ah, ah, and we danced. And, and then people were broken. And then we're like, well, what's happening? And we're like, I don't know, but it feels good. Keep doing it. <laughs> what time is it? Who cares? But are we supposed to do announcements? We didn't even know what to do announcements. You're supposed to go, you guys messed up. You were supposed to do announcements after, what was the third song? This wasn't preached 10 years ago. We're just going freely now. We're just, we're just talking like family. Whatever, what was the, the, the one before Let It Rain? We receive your, I saw them so that I go, okay, now. And then they got next to me. I go, no, don't go now. Something's happening with Tito. Did I say that? Yeah. Um, I was here, and Tito hadn't started screaming yet. He just started, he just looked weird up here. He looked different. <laughs> there was a stamp on him, and, and I looked at both of them. I looked at both of them, and I said, don't go up yet. Something's happening to him. Let's see what happens here. And then he just started yelling, and, and then breakthrough started happening. I'm not satisfied. And I don't think you really are too. I just think you needed your pastor to tell you this. Next Sunday, I want you to come and shout with me. <laughs> I'm going to shout. I'm going to shout next Sunday. I'm going to shout next Sunday. I'm going to cry next Sunday. I can't wait to see Frank shout. I'm going to shout. Because I want the Philistines. I, I want the things around me. I want my enemies. I want my strongholds. I want the stuff that I was going through at home before getting into the car. If my wife could come out right now and tell you how this morning went, my God, I would be ashamed and I would hide in the closet. But I, I, I want all those things that I was dealing with back at home this morning. I want the shout of this morning to have victory over what I was feeling before getting here. So that now when I go back home, those things are no longer at my house. Because there was a shout and the enemy heard it and they knew what happened. Oh, there was a breakthrough in the house of God this morning. Let's get out of here. Some Philistines need to start running because there's a shout inside this house. God has come into the camp. God dwell in our house. That your presence, that your dwelling can mean so much. That we will make a loud shout. And that it would shake our earth. It would shake our world. That we can shake the foundation of it. Shake the foundation of those things in our lives. That people would understand that the presence of the Lord dwells in this camp. 
We want the world to say, and we want the things in our world to say, like my morning that I just had. I'm not lying when I say this. My morning that I had was not a pretty morning. You would be very ashamed to come and hear a message from the man that had the morning that he had this morning. You'd be very ashamed. You would actually, if you, if you were there with me, you say, you have no credibility to even preach the gospel today. I'm not ashamed to tell you guys those things. Because you're, you're no different than me. You struggle just like I struggle. You'd be ashamed of me. You'd, you'd be ashamed of me. I know my wife was. I, I know I have to say sorry to her. I know that. For a fact, I screwed it up today. Can I, man, I just feel like telling you what happened. Something bothers me, and it's when my leaders don't get here at 10 o'clock. It, it just bothers me, right? So I'm running late. I'm running late. So I wasn't going to get here at 9 o'clock. So that messed me all up. I'm so stupid because I still got here at 9, at 8.55. But it messed me up. I'm so religious sometimes, you know? <laughs> Man. Now I forgot something. I had to make a U-turn. You know? That's the big deal. And, and then I'm going to the turnpike and these, at that time, I, uh, the, the words that were inside of me were nothing sanctified. But these four men decided to block off the turnpike and start a traffic jam and pop willies at like 10 miles per hour and I'm like so I speed up and I'm gonna scare them my wife didn't like that I have two kids in my car you know what I'm saying stupid stuff man stupid stuff they need to move it I need to go to church it's gonna be nine I told all the leaders to be there and I'm not gonna get there right now And she's like, don't you see the news, Nancy? Don't you see what they're doing to people in the streets nowadays? And you're here weaving around these men, and you don't know what they're doing. They're probably planning something. And we have that guy in the car. You stop it. I'm like, why are you screaming? And Jackson's in the back. Be nice. <laughs> this happened this morning. I mean, and I'm, I'm Nancy. I'm sorry for this morning. Stand with me.
Lord, have full control of our lives, full control of this church, of each temple. Glorify your name. Glorify your works through us and through it. Through, through the nest, glorify it. In Jesus' name. Can I ask you guys a question? What do we do now, you know? I guess go home. Or just stay standing, I don't know. But uh, do whatever you feel like doing. But I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think we've, we've been saying it too long. God has something for us. God has something for us. Today we have a meeting with the worship team. I mean, I, I'm... What a shame it would be to, to sit with the worship team and, and repeat everything that the Spirit of the Lord probably, I'm hoping, already spoke to you guys. Today I have a leaders meeting. I don't even know if I should have it. Hopefully the Spirit of the Lord already spoke it. Man, God, you're so good. You want to close off in a song, maybe? Let's worship him. Let's worship him, and then um, whenever they close, just hug someone, love someone, and go buy your tickets, take a picture, have church together, stick around. And um, but um, let's just worship, and let's just be free in the Lord. I get it if you have plans and you gotta go, it's okay. But but if but if you cannot miss out on this time, just don't miss out on it, and um, have a free time in the Lord today. It's an amazing time to do this opportunity. Let's worship.